This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Doesn't matter if it's punk, metal, or rock. Rockability is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from, hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else. With the largest selection of music merchandise in the world, doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autographed items, patches for your battle. Rockabilia will have you covered, and everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artist. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia needs, there's only one place to go, www.rockabilia.com. And for the month of December, guys, we have a promo code PC Metal Sucks, and you'll get 15% off your purchases at www.rockabilia.com. Once again, promo code PC Metal Sucks for 15% off.
the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast, guys. Hey, it is your host, Petter Spych. I am always joined by Brandon Hahn and Jocelyn Sharp. And sad news, sad news, sad news. But first, our interview today, guys, Steve Tucker, Morbid Angel. God damn, Kingdom's Disdain is fucking awesome. So anyways, we got to chat with him about that um, and all that. So before we get to the interview, of course, uh, we do have to touch on the news and uh, uh, the big story, man. We lost World Dane. Um, from, for my generation, World Dane was really the torch that kept metal going when it was dying away. And a lot of people that grew up in my generation knows what I mean when Slayer was putting out Diabolus and Musica and Metallica was doing their load and reload era and, um, you know, Cold Chamber and Stained and Godsmacked and Static X was being sold and sold to us, Nevermore kept it going and it was so legit. It was the band that we're like, no, this is what we love. Blaze Bailey was in Iron Maiden. You know, uh, Rob Halford wasn't in Judas Priest. Like, the mainstays all were splintering. And Nevermore and what World Dane and that band did, there's, there's really no way to express it because they didn't get credit because the mainstream was moving away from that sound. But guys like World Dane, his voice, what he did, it was priceless to guys like me. You know, him and Matt Barlow kept me in line during those years when I couldn't seem to find um, American metal you know, um, to be really relevant. And there's something to be said about someone who stays true to who they are instead of going with what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, kind of speaks, speaks for him in that situation, you know, a big time. And, and, um, it's true artistry for for people that don't know, he, he died in Brazil. He had a heart attack. Um, the age, nobody's so positive. It was reported at 48. Other people say he's, he was in his mid fifties, uh, different places say he was born in 69 and born in 61. But the main thing that I hope everybody does is that they really, really go back and revisit his entire catalog. And that's the thing about him. There wasn't a bad record. Uh, Worrell put out perfect records, multiple perfect records. Two with Sanctuary. Anybody can say Refuge Deny and Into the Mural Black. Those are perfect records. Many with Nevermore, you know. Uh, for me, Dream, Dreaming Neon Black was the, the big one for me. But obviously Dead Hot in a Dead World will be uh, remembered as their masterpiece. You know, what do I think their masterpiece is? This Godless Endeavor is their masterpiece to me. So through all these albums and everybody else there, somebody's going to scream politics of ecstasy at me. Somebody's going to say, you know, Obsidian Conspiracy was the way a band should go out like Nevermore did. And the song we played, I mean, we played the song off his solo record, you know, Praises to the War Machine that he did with Peter Witcher's uh, ex-soil work. And and he, that song right there, it, it, any, the first listen, that voice, everything he did, it, it can't be forgotten. And it won't be in this underground scene. And Nevermore is one of those bands that, even after they broke up, a, tw- a, a reunion was just bound to happen. You know, back in, they broke up in, I think, 2010, 2011. Um, and now that I know a reunion won't happen, it kind of breaks my heart. Because I know if they got back together, they would have got the crowds they deserved this time around. This time around, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, their legacy uh, is going to be so much brighter and so much bigger than I think it was during, like I said, their rise and their, and their great records just came at a time when metal didn't know its identity, you know? And so, uh, and, 
the young the young audiences out there, if you guys haven't gotten into World Dane's catalog, do yourself a huge favor and pick any record. Just point at one. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, the the worst record that I think you can maybe pick is Enemies of Reality, and that's still an amazing record. And guess what? We're you gonna know. probably get an email telling you to fuck off because yeah. enemies of reality is great. <laughs> yeah. Pick one. They're going to be like, that's the best one. Well, I'm going to fight you. That's a, uh, that's uh, a, <laughs> but that, and then I want that. I want that email to be like, Hey, shut up. That was amazing too. Hey, I, I own them all. I love yeah. them all, dude. I love everything the guy's done. And uh, it's, 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 just, it's just your personal preference. You love the album. It's just in your personal preference. The, what, the, if, if you haven't experienced anything by world Dane, go get nevermore the year of the Voyager. It's the live double disc record hear him live hear his personality watch him it's it's a show from i believe it was germany you know i pulled it out i watched it and like i said that's probably the best representation you're gonna have i think of him uh in that performance with that band that so uh, nevermore is like i said such a such such an important band um and there's not much else we can really touch on this um but like i said world dane dude will I've been listening to him all week, and his voice is an old friend and always will be. And it'll be passed on to my kids, my kid right now. Hopefully kids. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I get another. And, um, and all that. So uh, RIP, brother. Uh, Metal World will never forget you now. So moving forward on that, uh, the next story we're going to talk about, guys. Dad's down or right? Yeah, I was just thinking about the fact that you said hopefully. I just wanted to remind you that you can make as many as you want. Oh, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Just, I just want to let you know you, yeah, all the ingre- you have all the ingredients. Yeah, this isn't China. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Tell the wife to stop you, polluting hey, her womb. There's, there's a limit of children you can have in China. This is America. You can have 12 that you can't support. You didn't know there was a limit on kids in China? I did not. Wow. I, I, I'm, I didn't don't know that. Don't move to China. That's no, all good. Don't move to China. I just want two. They won't give me two. They, if they're both boys. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> to Pete's a much like, happier place. Yeah, Pete's like, the I'll have world. two boys no matter what. He's I want like three I, babies in a dumpster. I want to move to China and get a daughter. What's wrong? Right? <laughs> so, okay, anyways, moving on to a much uh, brighter place in metal. Uh, always a shining spot in metal. Glenn Danzig. Our favorite whisper. I really like a grilled cheese sandwich. Can I get a Wendy's? Do you want some soup? You want a big head of French onion specifically. So on twelve twenty eight, guys, when the Misfits are playing here in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Garden Arena, we are all going to be attending, and apparently our cell phones will not be. Hollywood Babylon. So what do you guys think about putting your cell phone in this pocket and then kind of going around? Look, man, we've already talked about it when Tool went off about it. When Perfect Circle banned the cell phone thing. Again, it was something I don't, nobody likes being told what to do, Mm-mm. right? And I think that's the big deal. Like, nobody likes being told what to do, but God damn, I do enjoy not having to look at a fucking want, cell phone. I went to concerts until I was 17 years old without a cell phone, enjoyed them just fine. Yeah. Just fine. I had a great time. I personally, I, don't get me wrong, I am as addicted to my phone as anyone. I love my phone. I fucking love my phone. But if somebody's like, give me that phone, I'm like, thank God. Now I have to experience this thing. Right, right. Oh, you mean like you stole your phone? Or, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, somebody just took my phone out of my hand and ran. I'd be like, you know, now I can have fun at the party. Yeah. I don't like a band treating me like a child, though. You're right. I can. I, can, I think if that's If you the say problem. no cell phone, I think I can keep it. I know other people can't. 
That's what I'm getting. I get at. it. They know. They but know not everyone's going to follow that rule. Can you take no pictures? Or, I, I didn't no, remember what it said. The no. cell phone goes in like a sleeve, and then you can go to a designated area to unlock it if you need to use it. But like in the actual arena itself, it's yeah. It's if not you are, if work, you're caught, yeah. if you're caught videotaping or taking pictures, they'll, they're going to they're walk out up and boot you out of the show. I have an old disposable camera. You think they'll let me take that? Maybe. Yeah. I, you know what's funny is that. That's, <laughs> That's the thing. I still have disposable cameras. Of course, that's the thing do. for me and my ladies. Of course, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And you, you also were meant ha- to be born thirty years before you were. And if you guys got to, got Hell a chance to watch yesterday. this, <laughs> if you guys got a chance to look at Pete's ugly ass Samsonite briefcase that he carries his laptop in nobody's every seen, single show. Nobody's seen my. By the way, if you want to see my ugly ass briefcase, briefcase, look at Tales from the Crick. The episode with Demi Moore from season two. I would much rather know what video your brief ass is in. I know. That was pretty cute. So moving on. I forget that exists every time. Fuck. Moving on. So you guys, so the cell phone policy, it irritates me. But then I, I see your guys' viewpoints. So, and I don't know why it's more irritating because it's Danzig. It's more irritating because it's Danzig. <laughs> if it because came from one, James Hetfield or Lars, I'd be like, all right. All I'm saying is Danzig, Danzig. Stop it. Danzig is the guy who's like number one he's middle finger to yeah. middle yeah. finger to authority. Yeah. And then meanwhile, he's trying to use authority to get us to do what he wants. So it's like it's there's such a hypocritical thing. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. But yeah. if it's just like, but I'm just saying, Danzig, get on the microphone and tell us. Grab a microphone. Look us all in the eye and be like, guys, just put away your cell phone. I mean, but like the mis- I mean, the Misfits logo has been bastardized all over, you know, every store and corporate yeah. thing in the world. So I don't, I don't mm. imagine, you know, I could imagine feeling a little bit like, no, you don't get to take pictures. Yeah, well, Either um, one, of, one you of bought two that five dollar Misfits shoes on Facebook. Mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? <laughs> One of two things are going to happen. I'm assuming that they're going to film for a DVD or they're going to do a world tour. Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. And just in case, just in case uh, this is going to be filmed for a DVD, they don't want cell phones out. None of that stuff's been disclosed. That's me guessing, trying to always give Danzig, always yeah, give Danzig yeah. the benefit of the doubt because he's a true legend. I, and I, uh, I, I love I, his music to death. I raped Who your watches mother. the videos in, uh, that I, they take at a concert? Who watches them? I, uh, you don't. I, I raped your mother today. <laughs> hey, you're doing Misfits Danzig. I'm proud of you. You were doing Danzig Danzig forever. I said mommy getting all I got and killed tonight. Next story, if, if we may, guys. One of, the, uh, one of the nicest guys and just coolest guys in rock and metal, Josh Homey from Kiss, from Queens of the Stone Age. I think he said from Kiss. No, I was yes. like, wait a minute, what? Oh, and he, he just he, Caius. Caius. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> blasted a photographer in the face with his foot. Because okay. he was in the moment. It's called kick the photographer in the face. Yeah, don't blasted. say blasted. Blast is the wrong verbiage. So what, basically. <laughs> oh, I see what you're yeah, saying. Exactly, yeah. He kicked her with his, his foot in the face, knocked yeah. her camera back. Didn't, yeah, she didn't eat a, 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 a warm towel. And, but and the picture, get, if you saw it before he actually kicked her, his, his look on her face, it looked like he was going to kick somebody. <laughs> well, dude, it was, was insane. He was going around. He was kicking all. He was kicking equipment. He, he looked at the photographer, kicked her camera. It kicked her camera in the face. He kicked her camera and the camera switched long back in her face that's what happened it's not like he like booted her right in the head but still though a dick move and then his, ex- his explanation like kind of defended it there no a no no bit. no because his explanation is the best though because he's like well I, uh, I got lost in the music i'm but like really that was his first explanation his second video apology was much more heartfelt right mm-hmm. but what does this do do you think for his career do you think it affect, affects well, him well you think I, he'll be alright I think in look, this climate of the world look it's already been a couple of days it's I saw too, it's too low on the rung of things that offend people right <laughs> it's too, you can it, kick a girl in the face yeah you can kick right. a girl in the face but if she's got a camera but if your toe grazes her tit then yeah exactly it's right, over right, right. <laughs> it's right. over 
Do better. not. Hang no, up, hang, no toe grazing titty. Hang up your guitar pick. Don't, <laughs> don't Pele that titty. Okay? Don't Cobra Kai that titty. Please don't. Well... On that, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that we discussed this story. <laughs> don't Jim, don't Jim Cotta that titty. He did it the same way you like kick at a cat that won't get yeah, out of your yard. Yeah, yeah he seriously did. Yeah. Shoe dog. Yeah, like, yeah, beat it, beat it, get, go on, get. Yeah, go on, get. And listen, I've been really into the music in a mosh pit before and swung a little too hard on someone. Right, but never a kick. Yes, I never kick. Well, then again, how many times is someone's foot just conveniently next to your? Uh, next, I mean, how many times is your oh. foot conveniently next to someone's face? No, no, that's true. That's what I'm saying. Have that's you ever true. gotten lost in the music when someone's face is like three inches away from your toes? Like, I'm going to tell you, you might have <laughs> kicked a couple of people. Now, what if he came out and said, he didn't say the lost in the music thing. What if he said to you guys, I'm so sorry, I did shots and I was hammered drunk and I kicked this poor person. I'm a whore. Would that feel better? Because that feels more honest to me. I, it feels more honest, but yeah. again, I don't not think. Good. There's no, I, there's no not, winner. There's no winner. Exactly. He kicked someone in the face and he right. kicked some equipment and he looked like a dick. Right. So. Moving on. As you guys know, once a month uh, on Metal Sucks, we have been doing a segment known as Vince Nielstein's Metal Mysteries. Well, here's December's segment, guys. Let's play it right now. Life has mysteries. What would it feel like to be a dog? So does heavy metal. Say what? Unsolved Metal Mysteries with Vince Nielstein. This week, was Joey Jordison of Slipknot fired via singing telegram? How did Metal Sucks get the scoop on Joey Jordison getting fired by singing telegram? Metal Sucks had the scoop on the Joey Jordison being fired by singing telegram story. The original article reported Jordison recounted the story exclusively for Metal Sucks. Um, And Joey says, I was sitting in my living room playing Skyrim when there was a knock at my door. I wasn't expecting anyone, so I was like, who could that be? I opened the door to find a guy in what looked like an old-fashioned elevator boy outfit. He did a little jig and started to sing this horrible song, letting me know I'd been let go from the group. What made Slipknot fire Joey? When it was announced that Joey Jordison was no longer in Slipknot, we weren't given a reason. Uh, And it was not until, I want to say, two years later that that we found out why he and the band parted ways. Um, It ended up that uh, he had some kind of... um, muscular disorder or uh, or congenital or, or skeletal disorder, something that, that very seriously impacted his ability to play the drums. His claim this entire time has been that he was let go unfairly, uh, you know, that he was... Uh, he was either able to play or was in recovery and that he was kind of blindsided by the uh, by his dismissal. Um, and it's one of those things that the band has never really given an official comment on. Um, it's been discussed a little bit in interviews here and there, but we're still not really sure exactly what led to his removal from the group. How does Vince feel about this story? Well, the funny thing about uh, this particular story is Jordison was obviously not fired by singing telegram. I mean, the very idea of a singing telegram, it's like, do those even still exist? Like maybe they're, you know, maybe as a, a um, like as a gag kind of thing, you know, you can hire a singing telegram to show up to somebody's door and sing them happy birthday. You know, I mean, the premise of the whole thing is just completely ludicrous. And then if you begin reading into our article, 
it's uh, you know it's all this ridiculous stuff. The, the, we actually posted the lyrics of the the alleged singing telegram, and they're completely asinine. Like they're totally over the top ridiculous. Did anybody actually believe the story? Slipknot's fans apparently believed this. This is well. First of all, it was it, this was actually a huge story for us, uh, which you know we didn't really know at the time it was going to be. We thought it would be a funny laugh and you know and maybe good for some hits that day, but it it, it ended up being very popular. Slipknot's some of Slipknot's fans believed it uh, to the point where the band were being bombarded by. Um, by fans asking why the hell they fired Joey, Joey Jordison via singing telegram. Was there any backlash from Slipknot because of this story? Slipknot's management has still not forgiven us for this story. Um, we have basically been blackballed by 5B Management, uh, which is the group that manages Slipknot, um, some other very popular metal bands. And um, we have not been able to get anything from Slipknot ever since this happened. Uh, They're furious with us, even though it's obviously satire. We actually had, um, we had a reporter taking uh, photos at, at a Slipknot show a couple of years back, and he was actually kicked out of the photo pit when they realized who who he was shooting for. Uh, you know, and I mean, there could have been other reasons for that, too, but um, this seems to be the most likely culprit because we've always been supporters of Slipknot. But just the whole thing is just hilarious. Uh, just just the, the I mean, to me anyway, because it's just so silly. Like, you look at the graphic at the top of this post, and it's Joey Jordison looking all sad with a tear photoshopped in, dripping out of his eye, and then a man next to him in an elevator boy outfit who's singing. It's like, this is in no way a real story. Does Vince see why Slipknot would be upset about this? I see where Slipknot are coming from on this, Uh, you know, that their fans (laughs) took this to be real, Um, you know, but literally two paragraphs into this article and it's so clear that it's satire that you know i mean you really <laughs> you know we went over the top with it it's it's an over the top satire it's not really that subtle you know so if people are out there believing it as truth i mean that's kind of on them you know sorry <laughs> i just have to throw my hands up in the air and and say you know, like, I don't know, your fans are idiots. Like, I don't really know. Um, I, I do think Slipknot or their management are you know, kind of blowing this out of proportion. <laughs> um, I mean, Corey Taylor has actually always been cool to us. Um, he stopped by our booth at Comic-Con a couple years ago and, and hung out for a little bit, told us he was a fan, actually insisted on paying for a Metal Sucks t-shirt. Um, despite our attempts to give him one for free. Um, and, you know, and we've interact, interacted with him here and there on Twitter over the years. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Metal Sucks is blackballed from the Slipknot camp because of the Joey Jordison singing Telegram article. Has it changed the way you post satire on your site? I don't think it's changed the way we've treated satire on the site. Uh, we're, we're still likely to poke fun at people. I mean, the name of the site is Metal Sucks, for crying out loud. You know, so if you aren't prepared for some kind of humor or, or satire or tongue-in-cheek writing or taking the piss or whatever you want to call it, then uh, the joke's on you, my friend. Mystery solved. Till next month, this is Vince Mielstein's Metal Mysteries.
Mystery solved. Now, I know what you guys are thinking out there. You're like, all right, well, Vince solved that mystery pretty well. But what does Corey Taylor think? Can Corey Taylor respond on this? Well, guess what? A couple years back, your buddy Gooch over here. That's uh, me. That's him. That's me. That's my name. Ask Corey Taylor this exact question and was had the balls enough to read him the entire telegram. Let's hear that audio and see how so, Corey uh, reacted. So uh, let's talk about some drama here. We all, the, your old oh, drummer, yeah, yeah, Joey Jordison, uh, he was recently let go from the band. Uh-huh. And then in an interview with Metal Sucks, he claims that he was fired through singing Telegram. How true is that on a scale of one to ten? Uh one <laughs> right. it's that true i almost want to pro i almost want to propagate the rumor that it was actually me dressed as a clown singing to him but right anybody who thinks that's real doesn't know me at all right, you know? right. doesn't know this band at all you have to have some seething hatred to fire somebody <laughs> with right. a singing time I mean, well not even that but just a complete indifference for what that person contributed you know right. i mean if you're gonna do that i mean that's that's some low level crap right, right there, you know, but no, that's not true at all. And anybody who thinks it is, is a douche. Dude. So. Yeah. And then they had, and then they had like a whole transcript of the song. Of Have the you song, heard it? I know. I've read it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I will just start like, I am singing. <laughs> it just starts off. Some guy knocks on his door and it goes yeah. to what you know that you're not, not a member of our band anymore. <laughs> so don't get hit by the door on your way out. It's no use to cry and shout. You were once one of the nine, but without you, you'll be fine. But without you, we'll be fine. What will not be without me? Well, we'll tell you and you'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's just, oh, and this is my favorite one. Yeah. We've already hired a Jew to take the drum spot away from you. <laughs> I was like, wow. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then at the end, it just People goes, P.S., in case it wasn't clear, you're fired. Yeah. So, I mean, just. Yeah. Make sure to I mean, that's some family guy knife. shit. Yeah, dude, yeah. You know, like that's ridiculous. You know what's it's, funny is you said the family guy thing, and I immediately thought of the part where like you got you have AIDS, AIDs, you have yeah. AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> so, I wish I could tell you it wasn't so serious. <laughs> oh my god! You've got but that just shows you the level of crazy that surrounds this band. That right. anyone would take that seriously, you know? right? Like it's unbelievable. And I got to tell you, the one thing I took from that, besides, yeah, th- that was one of my favorite articles of all time on Metal Sucks. It made me laugh so hard. But the fact that you can't read at all. It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, well, how about this? When you were reading to Corey Taylor, how uncomfortable was he as you were trying to spit out those words? You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you guys if you wanted to replace me with a Jew. I, uh, <laughs> I would rather replace you with something that can read. Uh, right. A seven-year-old can I'm, read better. I'm sure there's plenty of Jewish seven-year-olds Brisco, we'll out there. Brisco. Yeah. We'll get Brisco. Brisco cannot read. I can outread the read. shit out over Brisco. <laughs> mm, the county's only two, but he, he can almost say, he can do his alphabet. He's a badass <laughs> on every level. You know who else is a badass, if I may segue? Oh, please okay. do. Whoa, what a bridge. I love hearing about badasses. This holiday season is a badass. You want to know why? Because you could head on over to Metal Blades Records web store for their label's annual Chris Massacre promotion. And it's featuring ugly Christmas sweaters, ornaments, mugs, and more. New sweatpants, hoodies, and log sleeves are also available from an array of artists. Get your holiday shopping done now at MetalBladeStore.com. Like I said, guys, get on over to MetalBladeStore.com. Look at the ugly Christmas sweaters for the Cannibal Corpse. Look at the ornaments for the Black Dahlia Murder. Make your tree really awesome this year if you got one. And um, with that said, let's get brutal. Let's talk to the resurgence, the resurrection 
of one of the greatest metal bands of all time, Steve Tucker, Morbid Angel. Let's head in there right now. Everybody hates Petter here, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, Steve Tucker from the mighty Morbid Angel. How are you today, man? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Today, uh, I'm talking to you. Kingdom's Disdained is out today. Friday the 1st is when we're talking. So it is out now for all the listeners. This is your return to the fold since uh, 2003's Heretic, and it's uh, it's truly a starting over point for the band. Uh, how did you guys get back in with, I mean, how did you get back in with the band, and did you have any doubts when you were rejoining? I mean, uh, Trey and I have, you know, we've communicated over the years, man, you know, and uh, not necessarily always about the band, but we've communicated, you know. So, like, um, I don't know, it just one day kind of came up. He asked me if I'd be interested in doing it, and absolutely, I hesitated, man. I mean, um, you know, I, I, it's, a, it's a big thing. I mean, Morbid Angel, you know, does a, does a lot of very extensive touring, and uh, there's a lot involved, I mean, you know. And so, yeah, I thought about it. But, man, you know, in the end, dude, I always loved writing songs with Trey, man. That, that's really what it comes down to. You know, I love... Love playing live, and I love writing songs with Trey. So in the end, it's a no-brainer, and I'm more interested in what kind of weird shit he's going to come up with as opposed to all the other crazy details, you know? And that's that's actually a question that I did have. Because Trey is, is, I think, universally kind of the most inventive guitarist in death metal. I know it's a conversation to have, but I think that's kind of what every, how everybody kind of feels. Has he ever brought a riff or a song to the table, and you were just floored? A lot of times, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, actually it would be more like albums. But, yeah, I mean, um, man, Trey's great. I mean, he's awesome. That's what I'm saying. You know, when you're given that opportunity to play with somebody, you know, that's so creative, I mean, there's nothing worse than someone being so creative and being disappointed, man. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, you know, knowing that sort of, you know, was kind of the vibe and knowing that he still wanted to do something that was amazing, man. I, it, For me, it ended up being absolutely a no-brainer, man. Because, I mean, like you say, you know, I mean, Trey, dude, I mean, who – I mean, who else has come up with such a wide variety of, of badass riffs through the years, man? A, a few people, but not many, you know? Yeah, a few. Uh, you, but you, like you said, not many. So, And you are, like, you're my era of Morbid Angel. Like, like John Bush is my era of Anthrax. I, I saw you guys on tour with uh, Pantera. It was twice on the Reinventing the Steel tour. Uh, and Gateways to Annihilation was, like, my my go-to record for Morbid Angel. So... Do you guys kind of take priority to look at this generation, or do you go back all the way to the start of the Morbid Angel kind of fan base? Well, man, I think you know. I think there's a combination. I think um, first of all, I think you know there's a little bit of a time that this generation of it gets acknowledged, man. Because I mean, honestly, this generation of death metal were the people that kept death metal going, dude. You know, at that point, everybody was saying how death metal was dead; it was over. Blah blah blah. You know. And, uh, you know, at this point, I mean, this generation of people that came along, that the sort of next wave of death metal people, man, you know, they're the people that, that kept death metal alive and thriving, dude. So, like, I mean, we definitely, you know, acknowledge that, I mean, there's fans that like the era of, of uh, myself and Trey working together. You know what I mean? And, I mean, we enjoy that stuff, too, and we want to play some of those songs, you know. There's a lot of, but, but at the same time, you know, there's, more than Angel fans, man, from all the way back to, you know, to late 80s, man. Mm. So it's like, you know, and all of this is more than Angel, so you have to acknowledge it all, man. And absolutely, I respect all, you know, all the Morbid Angel fans, man. When people come up to me and they tell me, look, my favorite album is Authors, man. It doesn't bother me in the slightest little bit, dude. You know what I mean? It's, it's all cool because I love Authors, too. 
You know what I mean? And uh, if they say Covenant, I feel the same way. Amazing album. You know what I mean? So, but you know, at the same time, and you, you know, you keep making albums. You just don't make one album and live your the rest of your life on that one crowning achievement. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And like, like I was, I mean, you can't fuck with the first four Morbid Angel records, no doubt. You know, but going forward, I, like I said, I think the legacy has completely been good. I mean, since two thousand three, and then yeah. The last few years, you know how it's it's gone down. But the point is, is, like I remember when I did see you guys with Pantera both times. Phil, you know, the headliner came out and sang songs with you on stage, and you don't see right. that. You don't see the the headliners coming out early to sing with. But you know, he came out to sing with Morbid Angel, and that was kind of like the respect that you guys always have had, no matter what lineup, you know, because of, of the work that's been done, like you said, with Trey and the songs and, and all the stuff you guys have done. So knowing that you have that respect from the fans and no matter what you do, does that kind of weigh on what the material you guys want to put out? No, not really. No. i got to be real honest with you. When it comes to the material, man, it, um, I, I don't think we ever talk about the fans or anything like that. I myself, man, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of death metal. I have been, you know, since I was in my teenage years, you know, I mean, um, you know, I, I love it. So for me, any album I do, I want it to be a, a, you know, just a monster of an album, dude. I mean, um, you know, like for me, that's, that's just my approach to it, dude. I don't want to do something that's half-assed. I'd rather just not do anything. I'd rather stay at home and pet my dogs if I'm just going to do something half-assed. You know what I mean? There's nothing, no, no reward in that, dude. You know, not at all. For, yeah, completely understand. That's, I think that's what we want to hear, too. So back, back to the to Heretic days. So after Heretic, what did derail the band back then uh, for you guys to kind of separate? And there was just a lot of, of things going on uh, in the world with, with um, me besides the band that I needed to sort out, man. Mm-hmm. Just uh, family issues and things like that. And, I mean, there comes a point, man, you know, where uh, you, you really have to decide what's, what's, you know, what is the main priority. And at that time, man, I had to sort out, you know, uh, family life, home life, you know what I mean? And, uh, man, see, that's what I'm saying. That's why Trey and I, you know, we always stayed cool. There was never... You know, it was never like, fuck you, fuck you. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that, dude. I mean, we have mutual respect. We always, we both liked what we've done together. I mean, um, you know, you know, the, the albums that we've done together, we both feel are, are great albums. So like, um, you know, to, to, to just get to play together, man, is like, Hey, let's do it. You know, the opportunity arose and, uh, he asked me about my situation and I asked him about his situation. And, uh, to be honest with you, Everything seemed like just the right time, man. And the reviews have been great, man. The album is exactly what uh, you know everybody wanted. The cover art came out. Eric Rutan's producing. Like everything is is falling right into place. Um, the two singles you guys put out, uh, and then you got you're on the cover alone on the Decibel uh, magazine cover, and you're doing a lot. Uh, most most of the press, I think, is coming through you a little bit there. Um, how does that feel? That you're kind of the spotlight and the focus of this whole you know, morbid angel resurrection. Well, I just do my job, man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really, I don't really think about it. I mean, this isn't new to me, dude. You know, this is something that I did for, you know, like, uh, you know, what, almost nine, 10 years before with morbid. And, um, it's not really, uh, it's not new. It's just something I didn't do for a while. So, um, it's all good, man. I mean, to be honest, it's, it's really about, uh, where, where, you know, everybody's at and what we're wanting to talk about. I mean, um, we honestly felt that the, you know, the album, what you know what it what it stands for the meaning of it and then the lyrics and things like that man were such a strong 
message, man. I wrote the lyrics, so it seemed like I ended up sort of being the one to handle the questions the more as it went on. You know what I mean? And um, it just, hey, man, it, it's all, it's cool with me because, to be honest with you, I, I think it's a fantastic album, man. I think um, I think it's very intense, and I mean, it. I enjoy listening to it myself, so I, I think it's, I'm thrilled with it, man. Excellent. So, and like you said, you you did write the lyrics, and the album the album title kind of says it all, especially if you put it to like our you know day and age right now. But uh, lyrically, what do you think the album represents mostly that's going on in our current world? Man, I I really honestly think that like as you said, the the title sums it up, man. I mean, honestly, every single place on the world right now is half disgusted with their world. You know, I mean, every every it seems like every every uh, country out there, there's some sort of upheaval going on on in political views and things like that. I mean, um, and it really seems to be a battle between conservative, old school, whatever ideas, and liberal, new school ideas or whatever. You know, and uh, neither one seems to be very interested in what the other one has to say whatsoever. And I mean, what I think it's just led to it's led to pretty much everybody sort of being disgusted with their situation and lashing out at everybody else and um saying negative things and uh it's just a totally shit world at the moment you know yeah and uh, what do you think would what can change that do you think there is like do we need a leader do we need something what what do you think can kind of not you, you can't fix everybody obviously but like what do you think would kind of change the the mood or the tone do you think it's do you think it's anger do you think it's uh man uh, you know yeah. To be honest with you, I don't, you know, I, I really wouldn't even have a clue about that, man. I, I don't even know if it deserves to be fixed, you know. I mm-hmm. Honestly, I this isn't something new. This is something that's, you know, built over many, many, many years, you know what I mean? And it's just, uh, it is what it is, man. Uh, there always comes, there always comes a, a breaking point, and who knows what's going to come after that, and if it ever will truly be fixed, you know what I mean? It, who knows, man? I, I really don't know, and I definitely don't have an idea as to uh, what could fix it. I mean, you know, it seems to me that with most conflicts, you know, there's usually a complete lack of communication. And if there's a, if there's a lack, lack of uh, open, honest communication, then there's always going to be an issue. Man. So it seems to me that would be the only thing that, at least a starting point, man, if, if people wanted to fix it, you know. Yeah, actually, that's I completely agree. I think on the smallest scale to the largest scale, like if, if you don't want to communicate, Honestly, yeah, it's it's all gonna fall apart because when people right. lie to you, people get angry. <laughs> so it's and so it's just the way it is. Even if someone on on a small scale lies to me, it's like you're not gonna, you know, be happy about it. So yeah, I completely think that's that's a that's well. A- we've lived in a world, man, where people have told all these little bitty lies to keep people protected for a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where everybody yeah. lies to each other just a little bit. You know, whether it's uh, good, you know, how you know you look great today or. Whether it's, uh, you know, oh, no, 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 that doesn't bother me at all when truly something does bother you. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, man, people have gotten so used to lying that they don't even really understand that, you know, it, that it, it is something. You know what I mean? And, and the fact of the matter is, is that absolutely, you know, communication and, and everything's key, man. You know, so there you go. Yeah, man. And, and you're right. We're, we're kind of conditioned, though, to, to, uh, to not make conflict happen, right? in a way so it's like we're or almost all of us like i'm not putting myself above anybody like we do like you said lie to anybody just if someone wants a compliment you give it to them because you don't want to fight sure, you, things like that yeah so absolutely you take that on a larger scale yeah there's no way it's got to be more blunt i remember talking to to barney from napalm death and he i mean he was like anti anything that's a lie the christmas the easter bun any like just get rid of it all like kids know right away 
And then part of me is like, that sounds like their childhood's going to be gone. But then the other part of me is like, well, wait a second, that might be good. You know, it's. Oh, you know, I mean, it's. Uh, you know, what's a childhood, dude? You know, I mean, let's. You know, I mean, it's. It's all. Those are learning years. Yeah. You know, what I mean, that's that's what they truly are. So, I mean, you're programming a child. You know, from from day one. You know. And I mean, whatever, whatever your beliefs are, you're programming your child, whether you realize it or not. And then, I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, I understand exactly where he's coming from. I mean, if, uh, you know, if, if honesty, man, you know, it, 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 it honestly is the, the, the quickest way to hurt someone's feelings, but at the same time, also the quickest way to move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, hundred, yeah, hundred percent, man. So let's go to the latest single that I, that you guys released was for No Master, and it's one of the tracks you co-wrote the music on the record for. Uh, second one being the Righteous Voice. Uh, how do you approach the musical thing uh, when you're writing with Trey or, or giving it to him? Man, you know, by the time you know we're working on songs, I'm so in, in, enveloped by Morbid Angel and just the, the vibe and everything. I think it sort of comes out. You know, it, it, it's um, really not something, you know, that, that actually the reason that the song was written the way it was was because of that. I mean, I, I didn't work on any songs until we actually got together as far as music-wise. I worked on vocals, on songs, you know, Trey had written and um, arrangement, things like that. But um, I hadn't, like, written any riffs or anything until we actually physically got in the room and started, you know, playing songs. Then, actually, man, I really just it was natural. It just felt, you know, as part of the process, you know, um, I, I, I was waiting for that vibe to, to completely happen, man. And it did. And I mean, once we got together and started jamming, that was one of the songs, man, that, that I think matter of fact, I think that was the very first one that I started working on. So, yeah. For no master. Yeah. That one's, it's a, beast. yeah, absolutely. It yeah. was. And then it was, yeah. when, when it was released, it was released recently. Uh, I know by the time this airs, it'll be a little while, but, uh, yeah, when it came out, that was like, buy the record now you know like this is not right you know, and that's and that's exactly it so um and then we'll go back to like like i said eric rutan he produced it was he open to having anything that wasn't of the death metal variety on this record or was he on the same page with you guys to be like this needs to be morbid angel no questions asked man i don't think um you know honestly it's not ever something anyone talked about i mean you know i i think like like I tell, I've said to people that when Trey contact when Trey asked me, I knew what Trey wanted, dude. I knew what the, the the final result that Trey wanted, or he would not have asked me. And when Eric was included in that as well, then there was no 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 second guessing what we, what the outcome was going to be. You know what I mean? It was um, we we honestly set ourselves up to be in a completely comfortable powerful position man making this album i mean we were around you know eric who is man you know i mean he's a he's a part of this legacy dude and um you know he's a powerful dude man and i mean being around eric rutan anybody that's worked with eric will tell you man he'll pump you up dude he will absolutely keep you ready for the game you know what i mean he is uh it's just him man it's just part of his makeup so you know and 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 where we were rehearsing and um we went right from the rehearsing right into the studio and you know, Eric was there listening to some of the rehearsals and things like that. So, man, we completely set this up to be able to do the most comfortable album that we could, but at the same time, using all of the correct pieces. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's what we, that's exactly what. I, and I've heard the same thing about Eric. I mean, we we talked to Corpse Grinder a little while ago. He said the same thing. He's like, "No, this guy, he gets you yeah, ready man. to go." And that's uh, 
that that's the excitement that you hear, you know, when you when in the vocals a lot of times, which is uh, which is really you know, man, because Eric will tell you when you suck, dude. Eric <laughs> will he he he's not the, he's not a dude that just works at a studio and is getting a paycheck. He's not a dude that is is overly um, you know uh, respectful because of what you've done or who you are or what band it is or anything like that. He will just straight up tell you, man, that fucking sucked, bro. Or, or even worse, bro, he'll laugh at you. He'll <laughs> laugh, man. And, you know, when, when, when one of your dudes is laughing at you, as any, any dude can tell you, man, you, you want to do way better. You know what I mean? So, like, um, yeah, man, he, he – yeah, he's great to work with, man. Honestly, I, Eric's – man, he's, he's – he, man, he's like he's like uh, he's like Captain Kirk in there, dude. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like in a, in his chair and he's spinning around. And he's telling you know do this and do that and pushing all of his buttons and it's like you know it's you know he's got control of it, man. I mean, I'm telling you that guy could he could probably coach a NFL team to the to the Super Bowl, man. Sounds like and it sounds like he can run this country right too. To be honest, like from that there, I don't think he'd be really interested in all that, dude. Yeah, that's you know too much, I mean? right? <laughs> right. But uh, are you a football fan? Oh, man, you know, I used to be, I guess, when I was younger, much more than I am now. Yeah. Now there seems to be way too much nonsense. And, like, um, man, I, one thing I'd say about the NFL, dude, is that, like, you know, like, dude, them guys these days are phenomenal. You know, I mean, these guys making one-handed, they, it's all phenomenal. But to be honest with you, man, I think I've, I've just kind of uh, lost, you know, my, my uh, sort of uh, – feeling of intensity you know there that i used to have you know yeah. i mean dude i grew up a cincinnati Bengals fan you can only deal with fucking disappointment for so long you know? oh you're talking to a cleveland browns fan dude i oh I, man i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry and i'm in las vegas so i'm officially at that point i've been a browns fan my whole life i'm at that point because we're gonna get the raiders here next year right, and i'm I at know, that yeah. point where i'm like do i jump ship you know, we're oh, man, we're, you might as well. We're all going to be you know, 16 this year, I think. I mean, what? You know, when I, when I moved to Tampa, dude, way back in the day, you know, I, I kind of, I didn't jump ship, man. I just kind of was, uh, you know, kind of uh, hanging out on the other boat sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, and I became, you know, sort of a, uh, you know, at the time, Tampa had that vicious defense, man, and that's when I really enjoyed the NFL. So, yeah, I kind of became a, a Tampa fan as well as a Cincinnati fan, you know. So, like, all your Bengals gear, though, like, I have all my Browns gear. Like, am I going to wear that at a new Raider stadium in my hometown? Like, that's, that's, it's a, it's a hard question to ask. I, my, my family won't let me switch teams. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah, right. I, it, might, <laughs> yeah. it might have to be a thing where I just do it on the down low. <laughs> sure. There's always, those, you know, there's always, though, man, there's always that, you know, I mean, um, you know, this is, uh, this is only my team unless my team's here. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. Well, I mean, when the Browns <laughs> left and the Ravens, they became the Ravens. I didn't have to be a Ravens fan. Then I was a free agent. But then I decided right. to go back. That's the thing. Right. Like, right I made right, that right. decision, man. So, so, anyways, so uh, when Morbid Angel is, is full going, you got Kingdoms Disdained coming out, and like you said, it's a nonstop touring cycle. Does Warfather just take a step back, or do you still work on that on the side? And, you know, Warfather was like, it, it, I mean, it was fun to do, man. It was fun to kind of create it from nothing and then, you know, go through playing with different people and then find guys that I really enjoyed playing with and stuff. To be honest, though, man, I mean, I don't know when I'm going to have time. You know, yeah. um, honestly, man, you know, Morbid Angel, I, it's hard to really explain. I have a loyalty to Morbid Angel that I always had, man. And, I, and there's really no way to explain it, man. Like, um, if Trey called me, you know, I mean, I just, there's a loyalty there that I'd want to do it. So it's, it, it, it's one of those things where, man, I'm very happy doing it, man. Like I said, I, 
I'm stoked to be making music with, with Trey again. And I mean, you know, the live shows have been great. So, man, I, I don't know when I would really have time to do Warfather. But, man, it's something that, that's definitely, you know, something I love, man. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the record you guys put out last year was excellent, man. Was it Grey Eminence or whatever? Thank you. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, man, thank you. Uh, and yep. uh, and so, but touring behind it was never a, a huge thing. It was just kind of... Man, a- I went right into this, man. I, I went yeah. right from that into the morbid, really. Nobody blames you for that. Trust me, man. Like, right on. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's exactly. If if you, anybody asks any one of us, you'd be like, "No, no, no, go to Morbid right now." Like, yeah, to make sure, man. Sure. So, and now, as you know, it's been in the press and all those things. So there is a, the touring project. I am Morbid out there. Does that in any way affect you guys, uh, touring wise? Um, I don't anyway? think so, dude. Nah, I don't think so, man. I don't think that it really. I don't think it, it means very much to us whatsoever, man. I mean. uh you know, to be a, to be honest, I, I think it's something you know that if David is is comfortable doing it and people want to see it, man, then hey, why wouldn't he do it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I mean I'm I'm on the same boat. I just don't. I was always wondering like if you guys were on tour at the same time, if like they're booked somewhere, you can't be booked because of like the vicinity, or if it would it would kind of harm anything in that way, like kind of in a. In a I seriously way. doubt it. Would, yeah, I I don't think it would. Yeah, I don't think it would do much, dude. Cool, yeah. Uh, what record, uh, besides the new Morbid Angel, is on your top record of this year? Man, I've only been listening to to uh, to, to 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 the latest Suffocation album, dude. Ooh. That that album to me is absolutely phenomenal, and I thought it was phenomenal when I when they handed it to me on tour. And here we are, six months later, dude, and I think it's ten times more phenomenal than I did at that point. Honestly, man, I just, I, I've become obsessed with it, man. The way they built riffs on this album, man, the way they, uh, sort of repeated, you know, sort of, uh, motives and things in, the, in, in, in these, uh, songs is phenomenal, dude. I just, I, I love it, man. The harmonies, everything about it, dude, it's just what a brilliant fucking album, man. And that's suffocation, though, man. You get it at first and you let it, you listen, like the way it always worked for me, like bands like Suffocation, any real technical death, even Origin, you know, like you get mm-hmm. that record on there and you listen to it for a while and then you, you shelve it and you come back to it and it hits you harder and harder. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, so man, I haven't shelved it. I've been listening to it since May, dude. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's, it, it's really been the only thing I've listened to besides, uh, the morbid angel, man, because I mean, you know, we just went through the whole process of proofing everything and, um, listening to mixes and then masters and, you know, I mean, it's a whole process, but I mean, the only thing I was listening to the whole time was the suffo, man. Like since they gave it to me, I just, it's, it's an amazing album, man. And yeah, I mean, this year has been amazing for death metal all the way like you you got the suffocation you got the origin you got the dying fetus you know goat whore put something out and you guys are ending the year pretty much with the uh man let's not forget cannibal as well oh, you know i mean how like, dare i and, and Black i mean Dark. honestly dude it's that's so that, much that, yeah <laughs> that guitar the guitar tone on that is just over the top man I, i'm man i'm actually that's going to be my next one that i'm going to throw into the to the vehicle man and uh you know what I mean? That so when I get in, that'll be what I hear, man. So I'm gonna give that one a go and check it out. I've only heard three songs, but they're all phenomenal. Oh no, no! So. I when I got it, dude, a little while I got I got the six six disc changer in my truck, and that one's not coming out, man. I'm just it's it, right. has, it hasn't even I haven't even hesitated to eject that one. I just want dude, to I'm waiting. I'm yeah. I'm I'm waiting to get this new portal as well, dude. I mean that yeah. that band's phenomenal. So I mean like I'm waiting to hear that. I haven't got to hear it yet. I'm waiting to receive it. Excellent, man. So uh, last question, man. Just a a real quick thing. Recently they released Dime Vision Volume Two. 
um, kind of brought us back the memories of Dime, seeing the home videos and stuff like that. And like I said, I saw you guys twice on tour, if I recall. I, I want to say it was in 2000, but I remember seeing it at the House of Blues uh, out here in Las Vegas, and then I did see you with Slayer and Pantera at the Thomas & Mack Center. And this is a ways back. But do you have, because that's two full tours with Pantera, do you guys have, do you have any stories uh, that you remember with Dime and the guys over there? Man, to be honest with you, those Dime was probably one of the coolest dudes I ever met, man. And and, and music, I I mean, honestly, people, all, everybody's got crazy stories about him, man. And I mean, I've seen him do a lot of stuff, but what I always seen him do, man, in the end, was like the right shit. You know, what I mean, he was just one of them guys where if you seen somebody wasn't having a great day, it wasn't long till you seen that guy bullshitting with him and handing him a shot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so he was, uh, he was just a cool ass guy, man, around, you know, across the board. Honestly, man, um, just every, every time I seen that guy on cross paths with him on tour, he was just always, uh, it was just always a good thing, man. You know what I mean? Just a great fucking guy. And honestly, man, I, I mean, that, that's really all I really want to say about him. Now the legacy is that. And that's that's what I love. There is not there's I mean, anytime you bring it up, the legacy is exactly what you said. The dude was just, you know, one of the coolest dudes alive and, and that's what I love, man. I love hearing that about uh heroes and, and, and metal guys. So and uh with that, man, I wanna I wanna thank you, Steve, for calling in, but let's let's plug it one more time. The new Morbid Angel record. I know everybody's already got it that's listening to the interview. Uh Kingdom's Disdain is out now. Crank it up, keep listening to it. Um but uh, most importantly, man, uh, just glad you're back in the fold. I'm glad the record is as the death metal that we want to hear, and everything is right in the Morbid Angel world. So, Steve, I want to thank you so much, man, for calling. Thanks, bro. Metal Sucks Podcast. Thanks, bro. Keep it fucking brutal, man.
Sucks Podcast.
guys, and we are back. First song you heard is uh, For No Master off of Kingdoms Disdained. All 11 tracks on that album are as that awesome as that song, guys. So I'm sure you all have it if you don't. Uh, come on, go get it right now. The second song, there is a record by a band called Black Whale, a new band. Uh, their record Chromium Homes came out, I want to say December 15th, so it just came out. Uh, the song we played is called The Ghosts. Metal sucks. If you go and look under Blackwell, you can hear the entire record, stream the whole thing for free. They, they did do an exclusive premiere, and that record kicks ass, dude. Check out. If you dig that tune, definitely check out the other six songs on this record, guys. Like I said, Chromium Homes, the band's called Blackwell. Uh, and that does it for not just the episode. Now, I got a couple shout-outs I'm going to do, but for the year here at Metal Sucks Podcast. We will not be returning until January. Uh, 2018. So this is our last podcast of this year. We're going to celebrate the holidays and uh, have a good time. We're going to miss you guys, though. That's for damn sure. I killed a baby today. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to thank you guys for this amazing uh, year and everything like that uh, and all your support. The shout-outs I wanted to give, the first one is to a band called Ultraviolence out in Italy. If you go to at Ultraviolence Metal at uh, Facebook. Uh, Loris from Italy, he wrote me a, a great message uh, and just, you know, we had a chat and I'll, I really dug his band, so I just wanted to give him a shout out. And the second shout out, we love This Week in Metal. We love the Whitney Moore thing that they do every week. If you guys aren't subscribed to the YouTube page, um, she's got a project called Thrashtopia. Go to projectalpha.com, support Whitney Moore and everything she does. Like I said, we support her. We, uh, we love her segment on Metal Sucks and this whole family of Metal Sucks people. We're just all, all together. So with that, guys, happy holidays. Be safe on the New Year's. We can't wait to talk to you guys in 2018. Metal Sucks. Over and out. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.